Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into Hour 2 of our three-hour tour uh, known as the Tom Sumner Program. We'll have Part 2 of the President's speech from last night commemorating the one-year anniversary of the beginning of uh, our awareness of the pandemic. Uh, President Biden gave a speech uh, last night. We'll hear it in three parts. We heard uh, part one a few minutes ago, and uh, part two comes up at 1048, part three at 1148. We'll wrap up our show today. Coming up next hour, we're going to talk with uh, Jeff Littlefield, who has authored a book called Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat. And uh, that should be uh, fun and an interesting conversation, to be sure. Now, I had originally scheduled uh, an author of uh, a new mystery called Death by Chaos, Renee West. And uh, for some reason, we're not able to connect. So we'll we'll try and reschedule that. But in the meantime, I, I had a conversation with a guy who really likes to talk. And so we're going to, uh, I, I started to play this because I didn't think we were going to be able to connect with um, Chef Daz last hour. And uh, so I started to substitute our Rios, uh, Rios and uh, we're going to have that, um, actually we're going to have that right now. tell you right out, I'm a man who likes talking to a man who likes to talk. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a man who likes to talk. He is... uh, 
He, he is uh, a lawyer, a trial lawyer, actually, by profession, a student of humanity by choice, and a friend to all by nature, and the author of a uh, new book, the first in a series, called, appropriately, Let's Talk. My guest is Art Rios, and uh, he joins me by phone. So, Art, let's talk. Tom, thank you so much, brother. It's such a pleasure to uh, to be talking to you. Hello, Michigan, and I can't wait for our conversation. Good times. Um, let, let me let me just start right out with the uh, elephant in the room, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Is is has the art of conversation taken a hit in in recent years, largely because of technology? It's taking a missile hit, I think, nuclear <laughs> missile hit. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, as I mentioned in the book, that one of the things that kind of started thinking, got me thinking about all this, is you know, my daughters. When my daughters were younger, we were at dinner one night, you know, four of us, and uh, they were texting each other right across from the table. I looked at my wife. I said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! Give me those cell phones." Uh, and the reality is, yes, technology has taken away from what I feel to be one of the most beautiful uh, kinds of human interaction which we can have, which is simply to talk to each other, looking each other in the eye, you know, enjoying each other's facial expressions. It, it doesn't always have, it's not always going to be a rosy conversation, but no matter what, a conversation is a conversation. And definitely, definitely technology has eroded that immensely. And I have nothing against technology. I don't want uh, Michigan to think I'm an anti-technology guy, because I'm not. I think technology is wonderful, but we need to make sure that we're controlling it, and we we don't let it control us. Has it gotten worse during the pandemic? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, thank God for things like Zoom and our ability to FaceTime when we can't talk to each other, you know, for health reasons. So I'm afraid so. Now, but I'm also hoping, because I'm the eternal optimist, Tom, I'm also hoping that what will happen is once things start getting back to normal and we can take off the mask, since we haven't been able to maybe have those interactions, human interactions for so long, that we're going to be thirsting for it. And maybe this will be the comeback of the face-to-face conversation. So I, anyway, I always try to look at, at the rosy side of things, but I'm really hoping that that's what's going to happen since we haven't been able to talk to each other normally for so long that we'll be dying to do it once we can. Well, I have been a uh, an advocate for civilized conversation for mm-hmm. years. And, you know, when I try to talk to people, especially young people, they look at me like a dinosaur, Art, when I... <laughs> When when I talk about things like, you know, sitting around a campfire having a conversation or, or you know, back in the old days, uh, you know, even before our time, our, you know, guys sitting around the pickle barrel. Of course. <laughs> shooting the breeze. Yes. Um, barber shops. Um, right. All oh, of gosh, these places yes. where conversations would just happen, and that was the way that we interacted. Um, one of the things that I think is is really critical to bring up, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, is this idea that that the country has become really divided and that people, when they do talk with each other, are very mean-spirited because they're hiding behind uh, a computer screen somewhere, you know, texting or you know, sending, uh, putting posts on various social media. 
Um, do you think that that dividing us uh, by technology has divided us by thought and intention as well? Absolutely, and and I'm going to go back to a very critical word you said when we started our talk today, is that you love civilized conversations. That was the perfect adjective that you used. And I'm afraid that, yes, technology also has, to a degree, taken away civility, you know, to a degree. Um, and, and, and it's civility that I think makes for elegant conversation and makes for elegance overall, to be quite frank. But when we can hide behind a screen or when we're talking, you know, in a handset where people aren't looking at us, it's much, much easier to be less than civil than when you have somebody in front of you. So, yes, I couldn't agree with you more that it has definitely been a factor in eroding the civility. And, again, I love the, that adjective that you use, civilized conversations, yes, um, because to a degree I think that humanity overall has lost civility. And, and it could all stem, honestly, from – the, the way our conversations have eroded and the way that, that in, in that erosion has taken away, to a degree, our love for each other. And I don't mean to sound hippie or, or pie in the sky or anything, but the reality is that I think, you know, we should love all our brothers and sisters and, and start from that standpoint of, you know, he's a fellow human and a human being. I'm going to do all I can to... Uh, to you know, to show them uh, affection, appreciation, or just merely respecting their presence. But I agree, yeah. When you know, when when you can hide behind the screen, my gosh, look at what the Wizard of Oz was able to do by hiding behind the screen. <laughs> yeah, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Right, exactly. Uh, exactly. I love old movie references, Art. So you hit the bullseye there. <laughs> oh, I got a handful. It's as as you noticed by uh, you know as we were opening our conversation today, I played that just just a little soundbite from uh, Sidney Greenstreet uh, talking uh -huh. to Humphrey Bogart in um, the Maltese Falcon. Yes. And a little earlier in that that scene, he says. Um, that uh he he's he's pouring a drink and he says uh you know say when and mm -hmm. and and it's something to that effect and right. he he ends up saying oh good i you know i'm glad you're not worried about drinking and talking because if you know talking right. he he ends up saying talking is something you can't do well or judiciously, unless you practice it. That's so true. And that whole conversation about you know, I like to talk to a man who likes to talk and all that. Uh -huh. That that is is so at the heart of what we're losing. Yes. When we become too addicted to our technology. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. And and it's funny because when I was uh, when I was deciding what the final title of, of the book was going to be, you know, you want to be, you want to stand out, you want to be witty, you want to have a, you know, the title, of course, you know, all the, all the experts, so you know, the title has to be something that's super original, but I said, wait a minute, what the hell am I thinking? It, it couldn't be simpler than let's talk, because that's exactly what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, it's all about, and that's what, that's finally how I came up with the title, let's talk about making life exciting, easier, and exceptional, 
because they're simple conversations. And actually, it's interesting because I was asked the other day, <laughs> which I, I found hilarious, what my process was, because, you know, that's something that you'd ask Stephen King or something, you know. And um, But it's interesting because I don't actually write. What I do is I make sort of a very uh, mind map or outline of what I want to each talk. I, I call my chapters talks. Each talk to be about, but then I just sit down and look at it and record it as as if, as if I had you in front of me, and we were having a conversation about that subject. So, and I did that purposely because I wanted the the read of the book to seem conversational instead of you know when, when you're writing you're worried about grammar structure spelling, and when you're just recording and speaking it flows much more conversational. And that's what I was trying to accomplish in the book, in Let's Talk. And again, the simplicity of the title, it's, it, we don't have to overcomplicate things. It, it, as you were saying, it's just a matter of going back to that simple art of being with somebody that likes to talk or, or, or being yeah. in the presence and having a conversation, a real conversation. Well, somebody did, in fact, ask Stephen King about his method. They asked, uh, it was an interview. It wasn't one that I did. It was one that I saw on public television or maybe heard it on public radio or something. But they asked him, do you, um, do you write on a schedule or do you write to a muse? And he said, oh, always to the muse. But fortunately, the yep. muse shows up every morning at 9 o'clock. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And, yep. and I thought, what a great comeback for that. For that. I know, right? I know. Yeah. He wrote a, a great book. It's called On Writing. And it's thankfully, it's not a horror story like that. It's about <laughs> his, his writing process. And it's actually a one, It's a short read. It's a wonderful read. And, and you get to know the man. But you're completely right. He said ex that exactly, that, yes, he, he writes when he's inspired. But luckily, he gets inspired every morning and writes 2,500 words a day. Um, <laughs> but it's true. You know, it, it's so completely true. And and it's interesting that you um, that you use technology to make it more personalized. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're less mechanical than if you're sitting there writing words and spelling words and mm -hmm. using punctuation and all that. Whereas if you just speak into a recorder conversationally and say what it is you're trying to say, it's it's much more conversational, and it ends up being, yep. um, although you're recording it and it, there's technology involved, it's right. actually more relaxed and, and more humanized, which oh, I, I find so, kind of ironic. So enjoyable, so enjoyable, Tom, because I really, when I do it, I really am picturing somebody in front of me, like we were having a glass of wine and, and sitting you know, at a bar somewhere or dinner or in our backyard, enjoying a glass of wine and having a conversation, whatever the topic may be. And you just hit the nail on the head because, again, I don't want people to think that I'm saying abort technology because even while I'm doing that, there's a lot of technology going on. I have a computer screen in front of me with the mind map and my outline. I'm, I'm taping into a device that will then send it to a transcriber. The transcriber will use technology and email it back to me. So, And then I take that transcription and I send it to my editor, and, and God bless her heart, Nancy Pyle. She doesn't want me to edit the rough transcription at all. She wants the actual conversation uh, of what I taped. And then oh, good she, for her. She, oh, yes. Then she does the editing, but she, she does that to make sure that that conversation in there doesn't get lost in my trying to be an editor and, and grammar uh, grammar geek, 
uh, and then she just wants to get the essence of the conversation. So there's always technology involved. Everybody's but at the heart, doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you are listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place 
where you never get harmed. A magical place with magical charms. Indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with Art Rios straight ahead. Now, I mentioned this is the first book in the Let's Talk series. Yes. Did you know going into writing Let's Talk that this was going to be a series, or did you, like yes. uh, like some writers, get to the end and go, but wait, there's more? No, no. I, I, I wouldn't do it because, first of all, I, when I started with the idea, you know, I, I probably have a list of about 300 talks and 300 chapters that I'd like, and, and it grows every day. Um, so I knew going in that I wanted to write much more, and thankfully, and, and by the way, Michigan, those of you that have bought the book or, or have read it or listened to the audiobook, thank you so much, because I'd, I'd never expected in a million years that the book would get out there and make an impact so quickly, and, and I was very proud that in January we hit uh, number one bestseller on, on Amazon in the U.S., Canada, and of all places, Australia. So you figure that, um, but I was really hoping that that would be the case and that I would find some friends out there that would want to continue having conversations with me so I can so I can continue writing. Well, you know, I'm looking at some talking points uh, from the book, Let's Talk, and one of them is talking about a new way to view happy hour and, yes. and turn it into a restorative practice versus a chance to get smashed. I, I like to think you can do both. Well, sure. Sure, absolutely, right? No, there's no doubt. And, and, and I'm sorry I laugh, I'm laughing, but it's funny. Every single interview I've done, and, and it's something that I never expected, but every single conversation I've had you know, about the book, that's the chapter that always comes out. And, and there's something about that talk that resonates a lot with people. But I think, and again, you read Happy Hour, the first thing you think about is, oh, you know, going to the corner bar during Happy Hour and five bucks gets you 50 beers, right? And then you get smashed. Well, don't, that's not at all what the chapter is about. The chapter is about the old-fashioned Happy Hour in the old days when you get home. It was an elegant practice you know you'd have a drink or two before dinner spend time with your significant other with the kids or friends if they're at home and you take that hour to decompress relax and kind of uh work your way segue your way into the rest of your day and that chapter has really resonated because people maybe have come to realize and i've gotten a lot of emails from readers that they've come to realize that the problem in their lives was that there was never a pause button or a slow down button. I had a, I had a young lady from college the other day tell me, I kind of think of it as a slow down like on the computer where you can slow down the speed, um, or a slow down button so you can ease into the rest of your day. And when I say ease into the rest of your day, what I mean by that is, you know, God in his infinite wisdom created the day to have 24 hours. And, I mean, I'm a lawyer, so we're not good at math, but I think my math on this one checks out. You have eight hours to sleep, you've got eight hours to work, but we always forget that we've got another eight hours to enjoy life every single day. Eight hours every day to have fun. However you define fun, it's fine. You know, and that's another thing that I talk a lot about in the book, you know, to finding, pursuing your pleasures. Actually, that's the very first talk in the book, very first chapter. So 
the happy hour chapter I think resonates because it it gives people the opportunity to think about wait a minute there is a, a moment in the day where I can where I can stop you and I you know we like to have a couple of cocktails to during that happy hour it doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol people can have coffee and tea it doesn't sound as exciting to me as the glass of wine but it's <laughs> the, yeah but it's the idea of that structure and and that that practice of getting to that moment in the day where the work stops and you kind of start gliding into the eight hours of enjoying life, enjoying the company of other people, and enjoying with that company good conversations, you know, face-to-face. Or the reality is, like, I, you know, I have the, the two, my two girls are at school. Uh, my oldest is at Wake Forest. The little one's at uh, Northwestern. And I can't obviously see them every day. But I do use technology to FaceTime. And during happy hour, we chat. I see how their day is going, et cetera. So it's about easing your way into the eight hours of enjoyment that God gave us to enjoy every single day. And for some reason, we have forgotten that that's part of life, and, and we think that we need to put it off. I, I do not believe in putting off enjoying life for the future. I mean, again, I, in, in the book, I think the, the word moderation comes up many, many times. Responsibility comes up many, many times. So and I'm, I'm not advocating, you know, going berserk during those eight hours. But I am definitely advocating for you enjoying life every single day because, you know, Tom, we don't know what tomorrow may bring. And if anything we've learned this past year is that that's truer now than ever. Yeah, that there was, you know, from one day to the next, a drastic shift in the way we live our lives. Absolutely. Um, It's kind of funny because I I set up a studio to do my show from home about Mm -hmm. two months before the pandemic hit. Wow. And so I was all settled into the idea of working wow. from home. So I didn't feel as inconvenienced as right. a lot of people did, where all of a sudden they're trying to figure out how to work from home and how, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I even remember Art watching uh, the first couple of weeks some of the network news shows where they they had their anchors in basements with, with their Skype <laughs> going and they yeah. were just, they were horrible. And it took them a couple I of weeks. I remember, no, I agree, yeah. And it took them a couple of weeks to get the hang of it right um, but uh and, and i'm glad you used the word a couple of minutes ago decompress mm-hmm. because that's something i think that uh, a lot of people don't appreciate for what right. it is that they're that that happy hour however you spend it, it you know yes. back in the day if you know if you went to a bar and you ran into a lot of people that you knew mm-hmm. you know and it was just a way to mingle and have a cocktail right. and unwind yes and and yes. it's such an important part of um shifting gears from mm-hmm. you know one mode to another you know there's a work mm-hmm. mode there's a sleep mode and then you know how do you how do you get into appreciating that other eight hours. Right. Exactly, exactly. You know, how do you ease into those eight hours? You know, I had a, an email, which I, I love to get emails from readers, and I don't call them readers, I call them friends, because I hope that that's what we're becoming. But I got an email from a reader the other day, and God bless this gentleman heart, he told me that he had been in recovery for over 20 years, you know, hadn't had a drink in 20 years. He goes, all right, I read the happy hour chapter, and of course, couldn't help but thinking, you know, that, that I enjoyed drinking back, you know, but it was a problem. But what I did is I turned happy hour into healthy hour. 
So instead of you know having a drink, I go for a walk. I take my dogs out. My wife joins me now. So he found a way um, where he could turn it, like I said, he turned it into healthy hour, uh, but it, that also allowed him to ease his day from when he told me, you know, I'd come home from work, traffic is horrible, but now I found a way to start decompressing and before I'd just get home and, and the stress would continue. So yeah, it's it's a way to to, just like you wake up in the morning and you know that sleep is done, it's work time generally, and then you get into your work mode, as you say, I like that, that phrase, work mode, and then, but what happens when you finish work mode? Well, then it's life mode, enjoyment mode, because that's why you work. Well, and a lot of people these days, because of technology, and I'm as guilty as anyone else uh, uh, about this, is, um, you know, they have phones and mobile devices that go everywhere with them, mm -hmm. and they'll be in the middle of happy hour and yeah. and just excuse themselves from the table right. in, in a conversation because, hey, i got to take this call. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we're oh, yeah. working all the time. We're never the really time. out of work mode. That is exactly right. And, and in the book, I, I mention first of all, that you know we have to uh, come to terms with technology. The example that I use is that there's a guy with a drone, and the drone is out there flying around, looking at the view, having a grand old time, and the guy's stuck down on Earth looking at a screen. You know, So, so who's really having fun, right? Um, and again, I'm not bashing technology. I think technology is wonderful, but... We have to control it. Let let me address specifically, because I do it in the book, that issue that you're talking about. When I get home, I mean, sometimes, like you, I work from the house, but sometimes I come into the law firm and work from the office. When I get home, I turn off my phone, and it stays in the car. Now, I can imagine, I can imagine Michigan right now saying, is this guy insane? Wait a minute, what if my kids need me, need me or whatever? Well, I have a solution for that. No, in Michigan, I we'd be to. saying, I don't leave technology in the car because it gets cold. No, that's true. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. I know. I know. I'm coming from Florida. I, I know I should be ashamed. But what I did is... Oh, I no, we're, we're used to you people from Florida calling us up and telling us what the temperature is. <laughs> I, I won't do that today. I will not do that today because then everybody's not going to dislike me. and I don't want that. But you know what I did, Tom? I went and bought an old-fashioned flip phone, okay? I call it my second line, and if my daughters want to talk to me after I'm home or after my workday is done, they actually have to call me. They don't. They can't text. They can't send me a video. No. They actually call. My, my parents have my second line, my sister, because, hey, if there's – and, of course, if there's an emergency, you want to be reachable – but after five, I am not looking at emails. I'm not looking at text, anything. I am enjoying life, you know, as best as I can. Uh, somebody actually told me the other day in an email, hey, Art, you know, that's great advice, but you don't actually have to get a second phone. You can put up the do not disturb on your phone. And, of course, I felt like an idiot at that point. But he was very correct. You know, you don't necessarily have to do a second phone, but you put on the do not disturb. But still, you know, we're so used to looking at our phones that I think you're still going to be taking peaks anyway. So it's better to just leave it alone and uh, and truly give yourself time and enjoy those eight hours every single way, any way you want. You know, as long, obviously, as it's legal. Enjoy it any way you want, and, and, and you define what gives you pleasure. That's chapter one in the book. You know, it's, it's uh, pursuing pleasures. Uh, well, and for what it's worth, Art, I still use as my main phone, a flip phone. There you go. And if I if I could... They really are the best. 
If I could, I'd, I'd try to find one with a rotary dial, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me being old school. I don't know if I'd go that far, but yes, I love it. I love it. Um, but but all kidding aside, it it has taken me, you know, in my as I get older, um, in my life, it's it's taken me a long time to get to where. I can ignore the phone and not yep. answer it. When I was yes. a kid, I was first learning about using the phone. I mean, we still had, you know, we still had that phone hanging on the wall in the kitchen uh-huh. with the long cord on it. Yep. But I, um, but you always answered the phone because if somebody yes. called, it was important. Sure. Of course. Now we have this technology that allows us to call anybody, anytime, anywhere right. on the planet. Any, on the planet, yeah. Anytime, day or night, and all of that. And it, it took me a long time to get to where I could just let it go to voicemail mm-hmm. and continue doing what I was doing. Yep. Does it take a lot of discipline to allow yourself to be undisciplined? <laughs> At first, yes. That's a beautiful. That is. I'm sorry. I, I gotta. I gotta write that one down. That is. That is great. Yes. And the answer is, of course. At first, it does. But then, once you get used to it, it's super, super easy. Um, and you come to enjoy that that freedom. Um, just being with yourself. There. One of the talks in, in Let's Talk in the book is a hundred hours of solitude, and. It's a thing. It's a practice that I that I've been doing for many years now. It's and it sounds super antisocial, but it's not. It's about taking maybe at at least two times a year. I like to do it. Usually, I don't do it anymore, any more than two. Uh, but it's going off on a weekend by yourself, completely alone. And it sounds ridiculously antisocial. I know that, uh, but it's to kind of. Spend time with yourself, check in with yourself, where am I, how are things, and of course, try to avoid technology at that point, um, and just go to a place, I mean, you can go anywhere you want, I, I, there's this uh, little log cabin that I rent about an hour and a half from home, and it's in a, in a small town in Inverness, Florida, that, you know, they have about five or six really nice family restaurants, but it's out in the woods, um, there's no Wi-Fi, thank God. And I just go and, and check in with myself. I get a lot of great ideas while I'm there. And I also come to appreciate the time that I do spend with my family and friends because I can't wait to get back to them after those 100 hours are done. So I know it sounds antisocial, but it's actually, I believe, the most social thing you can do. And it's it's a reboot that you're giving yourself and to spending time with yourself, uh, you know, in the uh, chapter on gratitude, which to me is the most important chapter in the book, I I mentioned that the most, I, I mean, gratitude to me is Tom is the is my hallmark, is my benchmark for life, uh, and I'm always I'm always operating from a standpoint of gratitude, uh, but I think that it's very important, and I mentioned that in the chapter, right at the beginning of the chapter, that you'd never forget to thank yourself for what you do and and what you're doing for the world. I don't care how menial you think your job is. It's not. It's important. Everybody has a function. Um, but you, and, and I'm not talking about But then it gets back to that old adage, Art, that anything worth doing is worth doing well. Absolutely. And with pride. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah, it absolutely. really doesn't matter if you're, you know, curing cancer or fixing a leaky faucet. Yes. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, because if you don't fix that leaky faucet, how can you operate with the person that has cancer? Exactly. How do you clean, how do you clean the instruments? How do you how do you prep wash your hands? So yeah, and and we're all important. I also talk about that in the book about being yourself. Uh, we're all so important, uh, and, but you have to stop and thank yourself uh, for what you do and what you accomplish and, and how you provide for yourself and for your family. I mean, I, maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe you haven't done it. But did you stop this morning, Tom, to think, you know, I'm going to get a message out to my, my listeners today that's important. And, and you, you're probably going to be sending out 25, 30 messages. They may not resonate with every single listener, but at least one message will resonate with each listener. And you know how important that is? Uh, it's, but you don't think about it because, you know, you're busy doing your work, you're, you're busy recording, and you're busy, you know, producing your show. But and I'm not doing this to, to to make you feel good or garner favor. It's just to make my point that what you do is super important. And that person that's sitting in their car or at home listening to your show, whatever they're doing, they may not think it's important, but it is because I I really believe that everything happens for a reason, you know. And I believe in predestination, not to get all new age or anything, but um, we're all important. And it, to get back on point, it's a matter of thanking yourself for what you do and appreciating what you do again not in a not from a standpoint of arrogance or anything more from a standpoint of understanding that that hey you know i i i need to stop and realize that my presence on this planet means a lot and one of the ways that i find very easy to do again by taking off a couple of times a year with yourself checking in with yourself and uh and just really really focusing on where you're at in life and what life is all about because it's not all about work it really isn't you know going back to those 24 hours 8 hours of work 8 hours of sleep 8 hours of enjoyment and 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 finding purpose in life to to reward yourself and 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 be around the things you've accomplished materially and emotionally, your family, your friends, you know, your dogs. I'm a huge dog lover. Well, and the best uh, way to view that that other eight hours is that it, it, within that eight hours, that's when you're living the life that you yes. are resting and earning yes. for. Exactly. Ex- precisely. There's a point to it all. Exactly. Exactly. And that mode is so important. My gosh, it's so important. It, it is important. And I don't think you should be at all surprised, Art, um, that people are reacting to the first book in, in your Let's Talk series um, the way they are around the country and around the world. Because I think that a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, miss talking. Yes. Yes. That's it. And so yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think that Let's Talk is the perfect title for the book in the series. Um, my guest is, uh, you'd never guess it, um, a trial lawyer by profession <laughs> <laughs> because uh, he seems so affable, and a lot of trial lawyers <laughs> don't. Um, Very true. But uh, but he is an author and uh, a lecturer in... in um, and a teacher, and he has uh, a new book. It's the first in a series uh, called Let's Talk. His name is Art Rios. Am I saying that right? Yes, Rios. 
perfect. R I O S. Perfectly right. Okay. I I'm saying the soft S, and you're saying it like a Z. But nah, that's good. I'm I'm I'll catch on by time we're no, done. No, Rio. So you know you're perfect. Anyway, Art, it is a real pleasure talking with you, and and it's gone by so quickly that uh, I can't believe it's time to stop. But <laughs> um, but let me let me do this as I do for all the guests, give you an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, is, do you have a website? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Tom. Uh, if you want, the book is available, of course, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy your books, you can get it. It's called Let's Talk, about making life exciting, easier, and exceptional. It's book one. Book two will be out, hopefully, uh, in the by, by the middle of the summer. And I have another book that's coming out very soon. It's called Small Talk, and that's a little different approach, only in that each each chapter, if you will. It's only about a paragraph or two, and then I put a, a couple of jokes in there to uh, liven things up. Small talk should be coming out probably in about 60, 90 days, but let's talk book one. Again, Amazon, anywhere you buy your books, or you can go right to the website. It's buyletstalk.com, B-U-Y, letstalk.com, and that's my website also. There's a lot of extra stuff in there that available to everybody, and what I would really, really hope, Tom, is that people and that doesn't cost a thing, is send me an email if you want to chat. I This has been the most enjoyable aspect of this entire process is the feedback that I'm getting from my friends. I, again, my, the readers are now my friends, so I don't call them readers. Uh, my email is art at riostalks.com. That's A-R-T at R-I-O-S talks.com. And sincerely, I love, I love to get emails. I got an email from a lady the other day, and she was really excited about the book. And, and she said, I, I want you to become my guru. And I immediately, I wrote her back. I said, listen, I don't want to be anybody's guru, but I'd love to be everybody's friend. And that's really what I'm trying to accomplish here is to start conversations with the readers and, and the friends that I'm making. And not only that, I'll be quite frank. I am getting some really great ideas also from readers for future talks, and I'm getting some great critique, good and bad. Sometimes I, <laughs> I laugh, Tom. I mean, some of the comments that I get, I, they're so oh, wonderful sure. that, I, that, I, that I tear up in laughter, but I'm always very grateful. So I hope we can strike up conversations. And like I say, the book is available, ebook, paperback. I, I particularly like the audiobook uh, because I, narrate, I, I was a narrator, not that I am enamored by my voice, but... If you want to really feel like you're having a conversation, um, I, I taped it myself. So uh, I noticed that, and good for you. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Tom, I can't thank you enough. Michigan, thank you for, for listening to me. Um, I'm really, really grateful. Uh, I'm here for you anytime. But I loved our conversation, Tom. I think, You're a gentleman and a scholar, brother. I think small talk is such a great title. I, as you were talking <laughs> about it, I, I was thinking, you know, I sh that's what I should have called my show because I'm only 5'6". <laughs> well you're welcome to use it brother but uh, yeah i think people are going to like small talk because it's it's basically you know maybe a quote and a short paragraph uh or just some really it's just something that you'd read you know a couple pages a night and don't have to put too much thought into it uh and then like i say the, the second let's talk book will hopefully be out in the summer well art thanks so much it's been a real pleasure my friend and uh hopefully we will talk some more Anytime, brother. And until then, stay happy and healthy, okay? You too. Bye-bye. You're the best. Talk to you soon. That was Art Rios, the uh, 
and he's got the first uh, book about to come out in his Let's Talk series. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila, tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol 
alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hail to the chief, he's the chief and he needs hailing. He is the chief, so everybody hail like crazy. Hail to that's more or less. Hail to the chief, if you don't, I'll have to kill you. I am the chief, so you better watch your step. And thank God we're making some real progress now. In my first full day in office, I outlined for you a comprehensive strategy to beat this pandemic. We've spent every day since attempting to carry it out. Two months ago, the country, this country didn't have nearly enough vaccine supply to vaccinate all or ever near all of the American public. But soon we will. We've been working with vaccine manufacturers, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, to manufacture and purchase hundreds of millions of doses of these three safe, effective vaccines. And now, at the direction and with the assistance of my administration, Johnson & Johnson is working together with a competitor, Merck, to speed up and increase the capacity to manufacture new Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is one shot. In fact, just yesterday, I announced, and I met with the CEOs of both companies, I announced our plan to buy an additional 100 million doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccines. These two companies, competitors, have come together for the good of the nation, and they should be applauded for it. It's truly a national effort, just like we saw during World War II. Now, because all the work we've done, we'll have enough vaccine supply for all adults in America by the end of May. That's months ahead of schedule. And we're mobilizing thousands of vaccinators to put the vaccine in one's arm. Calling active duty military, FEMA, retired doctors and nurses, administrators, and those to administer the shots. And we've been creating more places to get the shots. We've made it possible for you to get a vaccine in nearly one, any one of 10,000 pharmacies across the country, just like you get your flu shot. We're also working with governors and mayors in red states and blue states to set up and support nearly 600 federally supported vaccination centers that administers hundreds of thousands of shots per day. You can drive up to a stadium or a large parking lot Get your shot, never leave your car, and drive home in less than an hour. We've been sending vaccines to hundreds of community health centers all across America, located in underserved areas. And we've been deploying, and we will deploy more, mobile vehicles and pop-up clinics to meet you where you live so those who are least able to get the vaccine are able to get it. We continue to work on making at-home testing available 
and we've been focused on serving people in the hardest-hit communities of this pandemic, Black, Latino, Native American, and rural communities. So what does all this add up to? When I took office 50 days ago, only 8% of Americans after months, only 8% of those over the age of 65 had gotten their first vaccination. Today, that number is 65%. Just 14% of Americans over the age of 75, 50, 50 days ago, had gotten their first shot. Today, that number is well over 70%. With new guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, that came out on Monday, it means simply this. Millions and millions of grandparents who went months without being able to hug their grandkids can now do so. And the more people are fully vaccinated, the CD will continue to provide additional guidance on what you can do in the workplace, places of worship with your friends, as well as travel. When I came into office, you may recall, I set a goal that many of you said was that kind of way over the top. I said I intended to get 100 million shots in people's arms in my first 100 days in office. Tonight, I can say we're not only going to meet that goal, we're going to beat that goal because we've actually on track to reach this goal of 100 million shots in arms on my 60th day in office. No other country in the world has done this. None. Now, I want to talk about the next steps we're thinking about. First, tonight, I'm announcing that I will direct all states, tribes, and territories to make all adults, people 18 and over, eligible to be vaccinated no later than May 1. Let me say that again. All adult Americans will be eligible to get a vaccine no later than May 1. That's much earlier than expected. Well, let me be clear. That doesn't mean everyone's going to have that shot immediately, but it means you'll be able to get in line beginning May 1. Every adult will be eligible to get their shot. And to do this, we're going to go from a million shots a day that I promised in December, before I was sworn in, to maintaining, beating our current pace of two million shots a day, outpacing the rest of the world. Secondly, at the time when every adult is eligible in May, we will launch, with our partners, new tools to make it easier for you to find the vaccine and where to get the shot including a new website that will help you first find the place to get vaccinated and the one nearest you. No more searching day and night for an appointment for you and your loved ones. Thirdly, with the passage of the American Rescue Plan, and I thank again the House and Senate for passing it, and my announcement last month of a plan to vaccinate teachers and school staff, including bus drivers, we can accelerate massive nationwide effort to reopen our schools safely and meet my goal that I stated at the same time about 100 million shots of opening a majority of K through 8 schools in my first 100 days in office. This is going to be the number one priority of my new Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona. Fourth, in the coming weeks, we will issue further guidance 
on what you can and cannot do once fully vaccinated to lessen the confusion, to keep people safe, and encourage more people to get vaccinated. And finally, fifth, and maybe most importantly, I promise I will do everything in my power. I will not relent until we beat this virus. But I need you, the American people. I need you. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout or a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special, where we not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus.
Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 